Hallelujah. Just before we go to pray, let's just sing, uh, Then Jesus Came, 522. There's no written prayer request tonight, but if you have a need on your heart, just let that be known by the Lord to the Lord. Brother Darren, I'm going to ask you to pray after we sing this song. Let's sing the first verse. One set alone beside the highway begging, his eyes were blind, and light he could not see. He pledged his rags and shivered in the shadow. Heavenly Father, it is good to be here tonight. Lord, that we can be washed, Lord Jesus, by the washing of the water, by the word. 
Lord, that all our cares and all the things that have glommed onto us today, Lord Jesus, would just be washed away. We'd be loosed from all the cares of this life, Father. Lord, we want to just turn aside tonight, Lord, because you've given our brother Murphy a word in due season. Lord, it's a word that we need to hear. It's a word that we need to apply to our lives. Lord, it's that unchanging word of God. Lord, the faith that you've built up within our hearts, Lord, you're just going to add to it tonight, Father. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, and a little more tonight. And so, Lord Jesus, we're asking that you'll take the man out of the way, both as speaker, Lord, and Lord, don't leave us out, Lord. We want to get ourselves out of the way, too. We want to enter in, Father. We don't want to be left outside, Lord Jesus, looking at others and seeing how they're rejoicing and and what you're doing for them, Lord. We don't want to be spectators, Lord, tonight, but let us be partakers of your divine grace. So, Lord, we're praying you'll speak to us, Lord Jesus, profoundly. And, Lord, for any needs that are here with us tonight, Father, Lord, you see the hearts. We see there's some that are missing, Lord, just thinking, seeing Sister Barb Drake not here tonight, Lord. Father, knowing she's been going through an awful time, dear God, with the allergies and things that are going on in her body. Lord, we're praying that you will put your hand upon her, Father. Lord, for by your stripes, she's already healed. Lord Jesus, we remember our brother Henry Waldner, Lord Jesus. Father, we're not letting go of the promises of God for him, Lord, which are yea and amen to we who believe. And we're praying, Lord Jesus, that you would raise him up for your glory, Father. Lord, for our brother Milko as well, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these veterans, dear God, these soldiers, Lord, that have labored all these years, who have fought a good fight. And Lord Jesus, our time, dear God, to lift them up, Lord, before the throne of grace that you administer to them. Lord, there's many needs amongst us, Lord. People that need their vision, Lord. Brother EBA, Sister Joanna Waldner, Lord. People suffering with arthritis, Lord, or Sister Tabigani, Sister Rachel Matul, or Sister Judy Florent, Lord. Father, we're here to cut off the head of that devil, Lord. We're here to do warfare, Father. We're not here for a picnic, Lord Jesus, but we're here to draw our swords, dear God, and cut away at the enemy, Lord, to drive him back, dear God, to take our possession, Father. So, Lord Jesus, may as we hear the word of God, may our faith be built up, Lord Jesus, to press the kingdom, Father, to seize a hold of the promises of God. Lord, there are promises, Lord. They're ours, dear God, for the taking, and we claim them in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we pray that you'll just continue to be with us, Lord, as we want to create an atmosphere, Father, for you to be welcomed in. We pray you anoint the musicians, Lord, and anoint your brother, Anthony, dear Lord, as he leads us. Most of all, Father, open up our eyes, Lord. Open up the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we'd see you more clearly, Father. Lord Jesus, we love you and we give you thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. Uh, just a reminder um, for the work be up at the camp uh, next Saturday on the 23rd. Uh, we just wanted to try to get as many people there as possible to help out with that. Many hands make light work, as we all know. So the more people that are there, the more faster the work will get done. Amen. Let's just sing the song, There is Power in the Name of Jesus. Oh, there is power. 
given us a power, oh Jesus, through your name, through your word, oh God. Oh, we praise your holy name. Just as Brother Murphy comes, let's just sing, believe for it. Amen. Song 1378. They say this mountain can't be
declaration. We're coming here to believe what God's word has said. Not what our feelings said. Not what the difficulty said. Not what the situation said. But what is the word of God has said. Let us stand. We all sing together. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is a declaration, Lord. This is what we say to you, Lord. We believe you. And this is also we say to Satan, we believe our God's word. No matter what situation, no matter what comes our way, but Lord, you are the one that can move that unmovable. You can break that unbreakable. Lord, it seems like when there's no hope, you're the one that give us a hope. Lord, it is not that we are feeling given to us, but it's the word of a God has said. Lord, you have said to them that believe all things are possible. Lord, with this faith, we come before you. Lord, your word is coming to us and not meaning just to read it, not meaning for us just to listening to it. But Lord, your word coming to our past means for us to believe it. Because when we believe, we know that all things are possible. We know that a word can heal. We know that a word can erase our brother Harry from the deathbed, Lord. You're the miracle worker, Lord. We know that a word can erase our brother Milko from that sick bed. That bed has many people laid on there. Lord, many people cannot come out of that bed. But Lord, this is your son, Lord. 
This is your child, Lord. That bed is not made for your son, Lord. Lord, that bed may be made for other people, but not made for our bread and milk, oh Lord. So, Lord, we ask the miracle worker, Lord, to carry that presence right here, that to go to that room, Lord, a little by little, day by day, release that nerve that the devil has pinched it on. So to make him speak, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for our sister Beth. Lord, it's not waiting for the end of the service. This is the time that we believe in a miracle-working God. Lord, it doesn't have to be everybody shouting and screaming. This is the time I believe the word of a God. This is the time that we carry the word of a God. That a word that goes to its destination. Oh, Father, we believe in every word, every promise. If we have the right mental attitude, you will bring it to pass. Lord, we're here to correct our attitude. We're here to let you to come on the sin, to increase our faith, to believe in the word said it is the losses of the Lord. We give you all the glory. We believe for it, our sister Barbara. We believe for different needs that are among this body. We cannot even call the name. We don't even remember the name. But Lord, if that same God had to call the name of every star, what about it at every name of your children, Lord? You bring them home. You bring them into their ought-to-be condition, Lord. We give you all the thanks and glory. You're a miracle-working God. How we thank you and love you, Lord. Lord, as we come to worship you in the house of God, I pray let the same Holy Spirit that have been done so many miracles in so many people's lives, Lord, you go to the each, the hide at the corner. Lord, if there is a dark spot that in this congregation, you go to that dark spot, Lord. Lord, they might not even know it, but you know it. Lord, they might be hiding in the basement or in some house that are maybe watching the service. Maybe some didn't even watching the service. But Lord, that a presence that we felt in here, that it carried the same word of God and go to their soul. Lord, there are your children that need you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We committed the service into your hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, we thank you, the Lord, that He gave us the word in this hour. That we're not just a, a bunch of a people uh, just go to the church, but we mean business when we come to church. And we're coming to the church to looking forward to God move, to looking forward to know God is going to move. Amen. Let's turn to the scripture, book of uh, uh, Gospel John, chapter 2. Book of John, chapter 2. Verse 13. And the Jews' Passover was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of a money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of a small cord, he drove them all out of the temple. And the sheep and oxen and poured out to the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take this thing, sands, make not my father's house a house 
of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Let's turn to the book of uh, uh, Hebrew, chapter, chapter 10. Book of Hebrew, chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 2. For them would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers, once purged, should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of the bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared to me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I would like to speak of the title, The Zeal of the Lord Prepared You a Body. And um, we would like to talk about uh, the zeal of the Lord. And sometimes we're talking about the zeal of the person. Oh, but uh, a zeal of the person and it can only go so far. But a zeal of the Lord, when he got a zeal, that's a whole different story. If the God just have a... If God just speak the word, is already powerful. But when God have a zeal to do certain things, that means he must fulfill it. There's nothing is going to stop him to fulfilling the word of God. And we see that over here, uh, the, the Bible, the verse that we just read, and Jesus went into the house, and uh, when he uh, looked at uh, those uh, temple, the, the people that are in there, and some there uh, uh, do the money changing, and some is... Uh, uh, they're uh, uh, selling the ox, uh, the, the sheep. And uh, the Bible said that Jesus that plated it up at a cord and uh, made a scorch. And uh, he cast down, overthrow the tables and uh, uh, take it away to all those people that uh, sold doves and things. And, and said, don't make my, the house, uh, uh, my father's house, a house of a merchandise. And then the, the, the disciples remembered the words that Jesus uh, the, the Bible says, it said, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. And so when Jesus was uh, doing all of that, and the one thing that shows Jesus' zeal, he overthrew the tables. He casting it out at all the things that are not supposed to be in the house of God. And don't worry, I'm not talking about that you shouldn't do the merchandise into the church or things. So that's not my uh, subject and then to talk about it. But I'm talking about the zeal of the Jesus Christ. So what make uh, Jesus to have uh, such a zeal? What make him to sort of even act the same to the people abnormally? And those uh, people, this, uh, Brother Brandon even said in the message, uh, you know, even you talk about the fruit uh, of the Spirit, he said that Jesus sure doesn't look like to have the fruit of the Spirit. And that the gentle Savior, the, the meek, the, the, the crying Savior, and all of a sudden it seems like it changes the countenance. Why? 
because of the house of God, supposed to do one thing. Supposed to be the house of a prayer. Supposed to be the house of a worship. So the zeal of the Jesus and there was a showed up because of the house of God has a change as a purpose. Because of the house of God, when Jesus saw that it is it's supposed to, the house of God afforded the, the people to worship the Lord, to pray of God. And at the end there is supposed to be a dedicated, supposed to be consecrated just for one purpose. But as the time goes by, they find out that the house of God has changed its purpose. That makes Jesus change his covenant. You know, when God had a house of God, that is, He made it for us. That house of God should only for one purpose. It's for the believer to come to worshiping God. The house of God should only have one purpose for the believer to praying to God. To lay their burden down to the... To do everything, to put their whole focus on God. That is the purpose of a house of a God that the Lord led us to have. That's why when we come to the church, as Brother Tom has mentioned so many times, I think that we should be catch on the different, should be know the concept that he tried to convey to us. We don't want this church to be a social church. We don't want that we just believe it to be a, just a social gospel. This message is not supposed to be just for the, the place that we gather together and have some fellowship, which has nothing wrong. But we come to the house of God for one thing, to worship our Lord. This is supposed to be called the, 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 prayer, the house of a prayer. But those people has uh, changed the whole purpose for it. It doesn't mean so that they do uh, all the things so that, uh, that, that they, uh, they, uh, they get away of a worship. They've done away with the prayer. No, they still have that. But the, the weighty matter changed. The priority changed. All kinds of things start to mingle into that house of God. The house of God must be pure. The house of God and then it must be, have a one sole purpose. This is the place that we, our life need to be corrected. This is the place that we need to meet our Jesus Christ. This is the place that we pray to that God come on the scene to move. That a place that come on, let God come on in the scene to that the sick to be healed. To that the people that are bound be delivered. To let the soul to be saved. That's the whole purpose. But then those Pharisees and those people that are in that age, they started to put a different things, pack it along. What is the seemingly, that is supposed to be the original purpose. If you look at the history, and those Pharisees or the people in that age, it is, when they do, they put all those things that are packing along, or extra things that are put it in there. They don't mean bad. They mean good. They put the cows there, they put the, uh, the ox there, they put a the sheep there, there are doves there, because they want to make this a convenience for people. Isn't that it become a, a sounds familiar? They start to making things more com- convenience for people to come. Because then they come and they said, oh, we're, we don't, we don't, we're, we're businessmen. We don't have a ox. We don't uh, raise up the turtle doves or the doves. Well, you know, so, uh, so then those are Pharisees, those are the people start to provide those things. Just makes the, the, the people's a little bit of convenience. Just make, make their life a little bit of the easier. The gospel never intended to make it as easier. 
And then they're the money changer because of their, they have to they take a different their currency. So they're coming over to the temple there. They must have changed it into the shekel. So they said, well, just make the worshiper a little bit easier. So we make it as more convenient. Whenever things start to making more convenience, it's a dangerous sign. Jesus comes and change. When those things start to coming into the temple of a God, Jesus said, you make the house of a God become the place of a merchandise. And I was thinking about it, it was a stunning thing. And two years later, when Jesus visited the same temple, just before he's going to be crucified, Jesus there did the same thing. They played it up to the core to drive out all the people. But this time, Jesus said, you have made the house of God become a den of a thief. When the people make things a convenience, they drop down quite quickly. When the people start to make things a compromise, and on the word of God, just start to go and just pack a little here and do a little there, and get a little of this man's idea, get that little idea, get a little convenience here, a little convenience there, compromise here a little, lower down the standard a little. Sooner or later, very soon, you'll find out that the down to the rope is going very fast. Just take two years. Jesus come back, said, you make the house of a God become a den of thief. Those Pharisees, those people, those priests, they did all of that. They said, it's all related with worship. They all just want to make the things a little bit easier for everybody. Seemingly, intention is good. But as the Prophet Bama said, that the, the past to the hell is a paved with a good intention. You must really do things according to what is God's word has said. God's word is the only standard. That is the only measure that we have. Everything is supposed to be focused on that. And Jesus, his, the Bible said that the zeal of that house has eaten made up. That's the zeal that Jesus had. That's the zeal supposed to be for every believer that should have. It's the zeal of thy house that has eaten made up. And let me, let me just go this very quickly. When I talk about the house of God, it's not only just the house of God of the church. I'm talking about this house of God. I'm talking about it personally. This is the house of God. What other people do, that's, a, that's a, up to them. What I, what do you do? That's up to you. But I'm zeal that I'm a, the zeal of this house. Has he made up? Lord, this house supposed to be more dedicated. This, this house supposed to have a zeal. This house supposed to have a passion. This house is supposed to only have a one focus. That focus is to serve God. When start, start, other things start to creeping in. I allow this, I allow that start to, start to creeping in. That is zeal for this house start eating made up. The zeal is to keep the house dedicated. I'm talking about a personal house. The zeal is supposed to keep that house more consecrated. The zeal is supposed to keep this house, this house of a God, only have a one purpose in my life. That in your life, the body change. The rapture is going to the supper of the Lamb of a God. 
That's the only focus that we have. All the rest of the things, it doesn't mean so that we're, we don't eat, we don't drink, we don't sleep. But it's supposed to be the whole focal point of our whole life that are on this earth. Because if we don't pay attention, those things will start to creeping in. And when those things start to creeping in, you will find out that the same Jesus starts to rise up and say to you, What have you done to this house of God? I prepared this house of God. I have dedicated this house of God. I have given my whole life for this house of God. Then we're thinking about this house of God as a temple that uh, has been erected that many years ago, thousands of years ago. Who did this? Solomon raised it up at his temple. During this history, there has been the tour down, then the build it up, a tour down, and then build it up. And then uh, this house uh, finally, and then it come to the total rubble and uh, 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 a pile of a room. And then it's just gone. But Jesus tried to tell the people, those uh, worldly, the physical house, house of God or the temple will be done away with. But he pointing to it himself, he is that house of God. You destroy this house of God and within three days, I will raise it up. Let's look at it as a house of God. When we look at a house of God, look at it as a temple that we just uh, use to type it as a, uh, Talking about it in the in a natural realm, and Solomon has a raised up this uh, temple. But before Solomon raised up the temple, let's talk about who prepared this temple. Is David prepared this temple? Solomon built the temple, but David prepared the material of the temple. And when David first he got a thought. Uh, I don't have the time to go through the scriptures, but if you have the time, you go to home, you can read the, uh, the second, uh, sorry, the first chronicle, and chapter 17, and 22, and 29. Uh, it was all talking about uh, uh, this event. So the David, in his heart, there was something that was moving inside of him. And he said, I live in the palace, got all the ceiling and a good cedar, and that everything was so wonderful. He said, but the house of God still in the tent. He said, I can't just living in the palace when the house of God still, that's just a moving from a pillar to post and then do all of that. Then he got a thought in him. He wanted to build up a temple for God. And I was just thinking about, uh, just in the last day, I'm thinking about this David. He was, uh, uh, even have this thought. Nobody have that. And Moses doesn't have that. All these other prophets, they never would have that. But God put that in the King David. He wants to build a house for God. He doesn't want it the ark of the Lord just in the tent. He, he, want, he doesn't want it just in a temporary place, tabernacle, for the ark, the word of God. He doesn't want it in the word of God just in and out, here and there. He wants to build a permanent place. He want to build a place that an ark will forever stay in there. He want to build a place that he can worship. He want to build a place that the word of God can come into the place that he can worship. He want to build a place for the ark, for the word of God. Not only him worship, but his family can go worship. 
And he want to build an ark, build a temple for the ark that even people can come to worship. He want to build a temple, build a body, build a house for the word of God. And then the people even go over, go all every place. But even they turn their head toward that temple, they know there's a God living in that temple. They know there's a word has been in that temple. That's what God wants. That is the real believer wants. Want to have it not just a just up and down, just a in and out. We want to build a permanent place for the word of a God. Not just come out on an altar and go back to still to the same. But I want to settle down. That a word settle down in me. Want to build a house for the ark. And not to build a house, you have to build a house for the ark, for the word of God, just in me, but for my family. And when they saw daddy living a life, mommy lived a life, that they want to worship the God that you worshiped. And David got such a thought, and he so moved to God. When I was looking at that, my tears just dropped down. When I looked at that whole chapter, the Bible said that David, after he had that assault, the prophet came to him. said, David, do whatever that in your heart. You are such a man after God's own heart. David think what God's thoughts was thinking. David's desire was God's desire. Who revealed? God didn't reveal to anybody else. But God revealed to David. God revealed his message to you, my brothers. Build a house for him. Not let a word just be done away with. Not let a word be dragging down by the people. Not let a word just, uh, just be a temporary. Build a permanent place. Be settled on that word. Lord, I don't want your word to just move here and there. Just to, get, just to drive me to the camp and come back into the same. Just something moving and I shed a few tears and then I go back to the same. I want to build a permanent house for God. So that God can permanently living in this house. David got a heart. Lord, I don't want to move away. I don't want to just go here and there. I don't want you to be in a tent. You blessed me so much, Lord. I want to build a house for you. And I so moved God. And God come there to David and said, David, you want to build a house for me? The fox have a hole. The bird has a nest. But I don't even have a place to lay my head. But David, you're a man of my own heart. You want to build a house for me. I've been in this denomination. I've been in that denomination. I've been in this person. I've been in that person. They've been pushing me out of the door. But David, you want to build a permanent house for me? So that I can live in there? So that you and me can fellowship? So that I don't have to move it out? So that I can permanently living in there? David, you're a man of my own heart, Brother Darren. And God so moved, he come down and talked to, Mo, to David. And he said to David, you can't make that for me. You shed too many blood. 
but I'll let you prepare for it. Your son will be before it. And not only that, David, you haven't asked anything else. You just want to have a heart. I want to build a house for me. He said, I will make you a great man that had a great name. Like the man on earth had a great name. You're a man after my own heart. And there is a no, and there you won't be fail you that your seed will, will sit on the throne. David never asked for that. God said, I give it to you. Why? You after my own heart. You never ask for a house. You never ask for a job. You never ask for this and that. You never ask for all of that. You just want to build a house for me. He said, David, you never ask, but I will give it to you. Because why? Because you after my own heart. I've been pushed out by the denomination so long. I've been pushed out of the people that talk about a message, that read the message, but never live the message, but you want to build a house for me. And when David saw that, the Bible said, David went in to the temple and he sat before the Lord. They want to read that. I just cry like a baby. I said, Lord, oh my God. I went into the burk house and I was sitting before the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to build a house for you, Lord. And David was so moved now. Not a God of move. God moved as he talked to David. David was so moved. He went into the temple. He's not standing there worship. He's not there to jump in up and down. He's just sitting before the Lord. He said, Lord, who am I? What is my house? What have I done, Lord? You know what you have done? You desire to give God a permanent place to live it in your heart so that you can worship Him. And David sitting before the Lord. He said, Lord, who am I? What is my house? And he said, this is a small thing for you. And you even promised my seed was sitting on the throne. And never befell there was my descendant that was sitting on the throne. And for ages, forever and ever. He said, Lord, who am I? Just one thought. Want to build a, build a temple for God. Build a permanent dwelling place for God. He doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to dwell in a structure. He doesn't want to dwell in the church. He doesn't want to just dwell in the building. He want to dwell in your heart. He doesn't want to dwell in your knowledge. He doesn't want to dwell in your reasoning. He doesn't want to dwell in your how many you can quote, you can quote. They want to dwell in your heart. Build a place so God can permanently living in there. And David is not only just talking about. David is in action. He want to build God a house. And he couldn't do it. And he even wouldn't allow him to do it. But David is said in his heart, I'm going to prepare for it. Though I cannot see it, all my whole life I won't see the statue of a perfect man maybe. 
Maybe it's not invisible for me to see God that are coming into the temple. But I'm going to prepare the material to build that temple. I'm going to give myself that, ever, that everything that I do, that everything that I have is for that one purpose. David's goal changed. David's focus changed. David's whole life now shifts to, to a totally different goal. It's not because it's just try to keep his throne. It's not just to try to keep his children, this and that. David's goal has to change it to, I want to build a house for God. He's fighting, he's battling, but his goal changed. I want to build a house for my Lord that I loved so much. And then the Bible says, David has been prepared you know how many money that he prepared for that temple? The Bible said that he prepared a hundred thousand talents of gold. According to today's equivalent, is a two hundred eleven billion U.S. dollar. Yearly annually income for Solomon a year is only six hundred sixty six talent gold. Where David got all this gold? It took hundreds of years for him to go to God gave it to him. Because he got a heart. He got a desire, wanted to build God a temple. God said, I will give you the material to build my temple. God has to give us the material to build him a temple. He gave us the word in this hour so that you can build a temple. Now you try to build a temple, but he said, I give you my prophet. And he will store enormous amount of food so that you can build. He will store enormous amount of the deity that you can build my temple. And he prepared a one million talent of silver. According to today's equivalent, that's a 27 billion U.S. dollar. The Sophie Stadium in the United States and California is worth 5.5 billion. The Marina Bay Sands, Sands in Singapore, one of the most like, luxurious resort or casino, is worth 5.5 billion dollar. Apple Park is worth 5 billion dollar. Resort the world of Santosa in Singapore at a worst $4.9 billion. Wind Palace, that in Macau, that's at a casino, they worst $4.2 billion. The Cosmopolitan, that in Las Vegas, worth $4.1 billion. This is all casinos. The One World Trade Center, to substitute the, the Twin Tower that was uh, brought it down in a night oven that was a $3.8 billion. Wembley Stadium in England was the $1.5 billion. The Yankee Stadium that was the $1.5 billion. All of them together, not even worse for the temple that uh, David has uh, founded. 
this should be the most precious thing in our whole life. No wonder that become a goal of a David's life. He fight with the king, but the purpose is to build a temple. He take the spoil, but his purpose to build a temple. You keep your testimony, that is to build a temple. You raise your family, that's to build a permanent place for God to dwell in the end. Everything is for that one purpose. We're having this church, it's for that one purpose. We're having that school with our children in there, it's for that purpose. To let the God have the permanence of dwelling place in our children's heart. And when David prepared all of that, it's not when he was everything when in peace. He's still fighting. He's still battling. He was a killing. He was a doing all this. It never changes as the day of life. He's a warrior. But David, but the Bible said, and now behold, in a first chronicle, chronicle 22 14, he said, Now behold, in my trouble I have prepared. For the house of the Lord. And a hundred thousand talents of gold. And a thousand thousand talents of silver. David doesn't prepare all of this. When everybody patting his back. David preparing the permanent dwelling place for God. It's not well in the peace. Everything was going smooth. And he's just, just sitting in his palace. Sipping lemonade. And he tried to let everybody do that. No. David prepared all of that in this time of a trouble. Think about how many troubles that David went through. David's whole life was a troublesome time. Before he was a king, he was uh, facing the persecution of Saul just because of jealousy. And David has to run away from it. And David is facing Goliath, facing all of those difficulties. Let's think about the, let's think about the, the trouble that David, after he had a desire to build the house for the Lord. David had a self-inflicted trouble. After he had a desire to build God a temple, he committed adultery. After he had a desire to build God at a permanent place, he killed one woman's Bathsheba's husband. And after he had a desire to build God a temple, his son betrayed him. After he had a desire to build up the temple, his own child, his own children, his sons, between killing each other, jostling for position, and trying to grab the throne from his daddy. And all this happened that in David's lifetime after he had a desire to build God a temple. But it never deviated one bit of David's goal. Though his son betrayed him, but David's goal still built God a house. Though there was a problem that happened in all his life, even he stumbled, he got up, stumbled, he got up, he numbered the people, he committed adultery, he do all of that, but the desire of David never changed. Built God a permanent place that is so that he can dwell. No matter how many mistakes that you made, no matter how many falls that you have a fall, but in the believer's heart, there's a one desire. 
built God a permanent place that he can live. And David never deviated from that goal. And God never deviated. His election is the choosing for David to prepare the temple. He needed a place to worship. No matter what problem that he went through, no matter how many things has happened in his life, no matter how many of his children become a wayward, I'm talking about you. No matter if you're facing a, no matter you're facing a divorce, no matter your family has been de- disunited or, or separated or this and that, but David has one heart that it in his heart, I want to build a place for my Lord. No matter what comes or what goes, that goal never changed. Build a place that permanently that you can worship. That's David's desire. Brother Bram said that God's only provided a place of worship. He said, the thing I want to speak about this morning is that God has only one place that a worshiper can be God. Only one place. Through the ages, many as suffered is a secret place of a God. Through all the ages, even Job wanted to know where he lived at. If I could only go to his house and knock at his door, Job wanted to find God's dwelling place. Because there, God and his family is worshipped together. Oh, my Lord. Job will want to find a place. Where can I find the dwelling place of God? But the prophet told us there's only one place that you can worship. Is where the name of Jesus Christ was at. That's the place that you can worship. There's only one place that you can worship. Where is the life of Jesus Christ? There is the place that you can worship. And there's only one place that they can worship. There's a one house that God wants to dwell in. It's not in the temple. It's not in the church. But it's in the bride of Jesus Christ. It's inside of you. Inside of your soul. That's the place that God wants to permanently dwell. And in that place, God and his family can worship together. A body has now prepared me. God dwells in the stature of a man, reflecting himself into that being. Perfect worship. God in us being his tabernacle. God manifesting. Did you catch that? What is the perfect worship? When God in man... That is the perfect worship. When God is a God, a man is a man, that's not a perfect worship. When God is out there, you are here, that is not a perfect worship. When you are here and God in you, that is the perfect worship. Because in that place, God and his family can worship together. When you ask for healing, God can come to heal you. When you ask for deliverance, God can come and deliver you. 
Because of God and the family worship together inside of this body. It's not on the outside of the perfect worship. It's one God inside of you. When the life that is in you, that is not you living anymore, but it's God Himself living in you, that's the only place that it can worship. The perfect worship that's inside of you. The perfect worship is not just in the house of God, in the church. The perfect worship is one God living inside of you. That's the only place. That an object, the one God that you worship can come down to dwell with you. It's not a God in heaven anymore, but God to dwell with his family. Then he fulfilled what the prophet said. God and his family worship together. Where? Inside of you. That's where the perfect worship that is coming forth. It's not you living anymore. But God is living inside of you. It's that one God that He come to living inside of you. It's that life that is living inside of you. That created a perfect worship. Because when you pray, He'd answer. And when you're sick, He heal you. And when you're hurt, He's binding your wound. And when you die, He raises you up. That's the perfect worship. And you're a dwell, you become a dwelling place that a God, that a who that you worship far off, now he coming inside of a tabernacle. The most permanent dwelling place. He said, Darren, we can worship together. When you're singing, I hear that. When you are like, do like it was David and David after my own heart, I speak to you. When you have a need, I come in down to meet your need. God and his family come and worship together. But Abraham said that now that is the house that God dwelt in. Not a building with a big bow on top of it and a high staple. But a body has now prepared me. A body that God can dwell in. God can walk in. God can see in. God can talk in. God can work in living instrumentality of a God. God walking on two feet in you. The God that I was afar off, the God that was a thousand, millions, of billions of miles away. Now that God come and dwell in the in the body of the Christ of Jesus, in the body of His as a bride, and is the not as the far off you worship Him, but He worship together and created that a perfect worship. And he doesn't have a feet, but your feet. He doesn't have an eyes, but your eyes. What a union that is. Is that the footsteps of a righteous is ordered of a God. God walking in you. For ye are written epistle, read of all men. And as alive as in Christ being you, you will bear the life that Christ bore. David, he's his own. His whole heart is just for that one thing. Since that time, he wanted to prepare for God to have a dwelling place. 
In 1 Chronicles 29, 3, he said, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold of a gold of over, and 7,000 talents of a refined silver to overlay the walls of the house of a whistle. David is not only just asking the people to prepare. He himself, though prepared all of that, he said, I have some extra. Have some more than over and than above, and I want to prepare for the Lord. I think that's the heart of the children of God. Lord, it's not only I just do what I could, but over beyond what I could. Lord, I haven't done what I could, but I want to do extra. I want to put more effort into it. I want to go more. I want to just go extra miles than for you. I want to dedicate myself even more to you. If we said uh, which zeal, the zeal that uh, David had for the build of the house of God, I said, uh, who is that? Uh, David's zeal, or is this God's zeal? I believe that God put that zeal that into him. If according to the life, his life is not uh, as uh, maybe as uh, some other holy man that in the, the, the Bible. He's the man that was a difficulty. He's the man that did things that is wrong. But in the Bible, Philippians 2.13, it said, For it is a God which is worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Last time I say this uh, work and uh, to do, it means an ener- energy. That means an energize. And to will and to do is both is God is energizing you to will and to do. So it is the zeal of the Lord to prepare a body, to prepare this house of a God. In Isaiah 9 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a sign, a son is given. And that a garment shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Who is this? Jesus Christ. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with the judgment and with the justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It's the zeal of the Lord to give us a son. It's the zeal of the Lord to prepare a body, a sacrifice for the bride of Jesus Christ. It's the zeal of the Lord to give us as a savior. For what purpose? For you to build a house for God. So that you can have the material. It's not your made material, but it's the Jesus Christ. He is the one that will let you to build your house for God. That's why in Hebrew 10, it said, Wherefore, 
When he comes into the world, he said, sacrifice an offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared to me. God prepared the body of Jesus Christ. But don't forget, he's the head. We are the body. The garment, the, the Bible said, a garment shall be upon his shoulder. But Abraham said that that's his, his body. Who is the strength on earth for God? His bride, a church. That's the strength. That is where the government, there is a way that the ruling is on the shoulder. That is the body. That is the strength of God. That is the church of God. That is on this earth. He had a zeal to prepare that body. To prepare that Jesus. And he strike it in. He let him follow his will. He built up his character. He molded it in him. And he let him go to the desert and to go through the temptation, go through the trial in the Garden of Gethsemane. What God is doing, his zeal is to prepare the body. Or if I should say, he's preparing the head. Because one day the head is going to come down to be united with that body. But if the zeal has to prepare the head, that same zeal is to prepare the body too. So that the head can be united with the body. It's the same zeal that it prepared the head, the wave offering, that the first part of the body is that the same zeal prepared the bride of Jesus Christ in all the ages and now coming to the final age, the final part that has to be prepared. It's the zeal of God will fulfill that work. He said that the body has thou prepared me. Prepare, that means to mend, to render, to fit, to complete. Prepare means to mend, M-E-N-D, what has been broken or rent. That is a prepare. And prepare also means to repair. There's no body. There was a no brokenness than the body of a Jesus Christ as broken as it is. The body of a Jesus Christ has been broken time after time after time. But God has said, a body has thou prepared in me. The body of a Jesus Christ is not a disintegrate. The body of a Jesus Christ it's not a separated. The body of Jesus Christ is united. Though I don't see it, but I believe it. Because that's the word of a God. We saw many separation. We saw many disintegration of the body of Jesus Christ in this time that we're living in. Time after time, time after time, the body of Jesus Christ has been broken. But the word of a God is still the truth. A body, a unified body, has thou prepared it in me. Not you prepare, not we try to prepare, but he said, I will prepare. Though the body is separated, but God said, I will unite them together. Though there is a distant centigrade, but I will unite it together. 
It's not a you trying to unite it. It's not a your wishy-washy love trying to love them together. But God is that I will bring the body together. Then he said, what shall I do? You live a life. I know my time is passing by, but just let me read this quote. But if I'm talking about a Stephen, he said that Paul, he consented to the stoning of that martyr, Stephen. But he never did get away from Paul. He never get away from him because his sin, Christ reflected. Paul, that he was a, in a such a, he wanted to persecute the church, do the havoc for the bride of the United Age. But he saw one man that showed his life on display in such a way that he will never get away from Paul. He just presented his life in such a way that he seemed that it was the power of a Christ. You may never see a vision. You may never put your hands on a sick person and fill the church of Almighty God, make a skeleton of a man turn back to life again. You may never see him standing yonder in three or four rainbows. You may never see this image. You may never hear his voice. But still, you can be a signboard that will reflect Jesus Christ. By a life that has been so pure, and unadulterated from the world. Not to get a mingle with the world to try to win your children back. Not to mingle with the world, try to become a social gospel, try to bring everything together. By a life that's been so pure, unadulterated from the world, not cluttered up. With the dirty things around your life, but a pure thing. That will cause a hungry heart to hunger and thirst to be like you. That will bring the unity. That will bring the wayward children back. You live an example life. You live a signboard life. Though they go away like a Paul go away, but they will never get away from it. You want to be an everyday Christian, every hour Christian, every year Christian. Not a quick sale, but let your light so shine. There's no other way to bring the unification, but only by the unification, you and Jesus Christ. There's no other way to bring the family back at it again. Bring your wife back in again. Bring your husband back in again. Bring your loved one back in again. But only by you living the life reflected what Jesus Christ is. A body has thou prepared me. God can mend. God can repair. You ever broken home? A body he has prepared. He can repair. He can unite it together. It's not a we try to do that. You have no ability. You don't even have a right to do it. But his zeal, he said, it will fulfill, will perform, will bring the body together. 
But Abraham said that and all that God was, he poured out in Christ. That he was Emmanuel, God with us. And all that Christ was, he poured out into the church. What is it? Anointed and one to continue his work. That is a word may live constantly. Is his preparing? By what? By living inside of you. And when it becomes a permanent dwelling place for God, it's not only save you, but it's also save your loved ones. It's God preparing. So that Jesus said, I come in the volume of a book. It is written on me to do thy will, O God. Jesus, though as gentle as a make it can be, but he can change his accountant when the house of a God become a merchandise place. When the house of a God become a den of thieves. That it showed a totally different face. Why? Because his zeal, his zeal for thy house has eaten made up. His zeal is to do God's will. His zeal is not just to build up a church. It's not to build up a social program. His zeal is to build a body. A house of a God. It's not a structure but in the person that's alive. He said that in Isaiah 66, it says, Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where is the house that he built up unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things that my hand made, and all those things have been said to the Lord, but to this man would I look, even to him and that is a poor and of a contrite spirit, and tremble at my word. This is the place that God wants to dwell in. This is the body that God wants to dwell in. A man that is a poor and a contrite in spirit. And it trembles at his word. It's a man that is a humble. It's a man that is a, had a right attitude towards God's word. This is the man. This is the house that God wants to dwell in. No other place that he wants to dwell in. So when the David, when he built up the house, and he said, it's not by his own might to do this. He said, but who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sword? For all things comes of thee. And of thy own have we given, have we given thee. O oh Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build in a house for thy holy name comes of thy hand and it's all thy own. In another word, David said, I didn't prepare all of this. Lord, all I do is to grab what you give it to me and then I give it back to you. It's not that we try to prepare this body. It's not we try to prepare the house of a God, but it's a God Himself who gave us the material. What is the material? The message of this hour. This is the only thing that we can prepare to the house of a God. This is the only thing we can prepare this body. You must have the right attitude toward God's word. And then it will bring everything come to happen. Prepare has another meaning. It means perfect. It means to complete. It's to make him one what he ought to be. 
It's not that you try to complete. It's not you make yourself a perfect. But he said, I will prepare a body. A body thou hast prepared. God will make this body become a perfect. He said, it won't do a halfway perfect body. He will do a complete perfect body. If he prepares the first and the head, he will prepare the body just like that. And he will make one what he ought to be. His preparation is to make you become what you ought to be. I know what I ought to be. But I don't possess an ability to make me become what I ought to be. But prepared on the body, he said, I will make you what you ought to be. It's not to done away what you ought to be. Said, okay, well, just, just forget about it. You know, you can't do it. Just, I'm just lowering my standard of compromise. Just, just whatever. I'll just drag you to heaven if you can do it. He said, I'll prepare. I'll perfect that body. I will make you what you ought to be. Not by your own force, but I will prepare the body. And what is God said? I have a zeal. I have a passion. I must do this. It's God's zeal to prepare the body. It's God's zeal to perfect the body. Zeal is not to stop what you shouldn't do. But zeal is to do what you should do. This is the Chinese way. Brother Bram said in the lighthouse, he said the most of all ministers and so forth were always trying to tell the fellow what not to do. And we say, quit your smoking, quit your lying, quit your stealing, quit your this and that. He didn't say, what do I have to quit doing to be saved? That jailer in the Rome. When it asked, Paul said, what shall we do to be saved? He said, what do I have to quit? He didn't say, what do I have to quit doing to be saved? He said, what must I do to be saved? Brother Bram said, you just do what you are supposed to do. And all the rest of it will take care of itself. You're lying and stealing or drinking or gambling and doing the things that are evil. It will stop when you do what a poet would answer the question, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thy, and thy house shall be saved. And the one you believe, not what you quit doing, it's not, it was not, to do, not just understand what I ought to do, but he will make you do what you ought to do. It's not we try to tell the people, you quit doing this, you quit doing that, but it's a, what must I do? And only one thing you must do, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. Quit smoking doesn't save you. And quit smoking doesn't save your house either. Quit drinking doesn't save you. Quit drinking doesn't save your house either. Quit lasting, quit all of that doesn't save your house. Believe on Jesus Christ, that will save you and your house. He said, I will prepare me a body. 
He's doing. And you believe what he has already done. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That will not only save you, but it will also save your family. You keep on believing, your children will keep coming. It's not just, I quit, do this, I quit, do that. You believe on Jesus Christ. You will never be what you ought to be. You will be weak. You were doing this. I have a whole quote. I don't have time to go into that. Maybe next time I will share a little about that. You have that a sticky nature that is around you. Brother Parma said in a question and answer, he said he will be forever with you. What a sad story. As long as you are in this life, you're going to be sticky and have a carnal nature that's going to bother you as long as you live. But inside of you, you are born again. And when you are raised up, you are in the likeness of Christ. And all the sin is gone from you. His zeal will prepare a seed that is inside of that body. His zeal is not on this body. His zeal is on that seed that is inside of a sticky nature. Though there's a carnal nature on the outside, but his zeal is on that seed. And when his zeal on that seed, that seed will rise up, will drive out, will burst out all this flesh. Believe on the Lord Jesus. It will save you and also it will save your house. How to believe? Easy. Look at what he said. You understand what I mean? It's by faith we do everything. Believe on the Lord. Believe on the Lord for a job. I'm coming down to very simple. As Brother Ed always said, I'm coming to your address. I don't know your address, but I'm just driving to whoever that's for. I feel so sorry. I think the last time I said something, maybe step on some people's toes. Please understand, I don't know who threw the can of a chili in the pot, and uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Please forgive me. I don't know. But if a shoe's fit, then wear it. And people might think that you might be hurt. I don't, I don't have Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I don't know nothing of that. Please. If a shoe's fit, wear it. If it don't fit, give somebody else's word. Believe on Jesus for a job. Is that simple? He will provide your need. Lord, I believe you. Is that I prepare? Is that I try to do? But He will prepare a body. He will perfect it. He will mend it. He will repair it. He will do everything for that body. God, the zeal of the Lord, will fulfill that. Believe on the Lord to hunt. Amen, Brother Alex. Is that simple? Yes. 
It's not a what you quit doing. It's a you believe on Jesus for everything. Believe on the Lord to give you a wife that you should have. Not just any wife, but a wife that you should have. Young people, young brothers, say amen. Oh, goodness, it might be all the older folks here. Believe on the Lord to give you the husband you should marry. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. Can sisters say amen? That's for you, Sister Margaret. That's the word of God. Not you're running here, you're running there. Not you go to this camp for deer hunting, go that camp for deer hunting. You might got to run deer. If you go to the camp just for that, think of what you get. All they have the same goal to go to that camp, and you get that. You go to camp just for the word. You go to the church just for the word. I showed that brother Tom preached that, not me. Believe on the Lord to give you the husband. You know why? Let me just, I just can't get rid of that. People do sometimes, we have the beautiful sisters here. We have a handsome young man here. We have a wonderful, love God, the young peoples over here. I believe God will have somebody for you. You know why you go out to find? Because the girls are here and know you too much. And because of the boy here and know you too much too. You know what you should do? You should pray, Lord, I don't want to find the wrong one. Let me find the right one according to your heart. And then we can grind each other. If you go find the wrong one, you don't even got a chance to grind. You will separate. That's a serious. Murphy, bite your tongue, please. <laughs> Believe on the Lord to send you some new furniture. Lord, I just don't want to bother you. In a situation... The inflation go high as this. You better ask the Lord to bring some new furniture. If the barrel goes empty and the cruise gets dry, there's no food and the children are hungry, believe on the Lord. God said, I will prepare a body. I will perfect it. Is that you try to perfect it? Open up your eyes. Believe on the Lord Jesus. He will provide all your need. He will provide. He will prepare himself a body that is perfect. And he will make the body to do what he ought to do. He said, believe on the Lord for anything. As long as it's right, just believe on the Lord. 
and thou shall, he shall come, have never sinned that it fail that in all my life. God's zeal to prepare the body. And my zeal, your zeal, is to believe. That's all that we need to do. Let a musician come. We don't need to do a whole lot of a thing. The only thing that you need to do, surrender yourself. Yield yourself to God's dealing. Feed on the Word. That Word is constantly changing you. As Brother Bram talked about that Indian chief, he said that there's a two dogs inside of me. One black dog and a one the white dog. And he said, who wins? He said, they're growing, fighting all the time. You're going to grow in fighting all the time. But we said, it's a dark uh, black dog and it's on your body and then in your flesh. But it's, it depends on who the chief feed. You have the free moral agency to feed the, the right one. You also have the free moral agency to feed the, the wrong one. But the knowledge of a God, the word of a God in this age to give you the right knowledge, know what is wrong and what is right. And then you can feed on by your will. That seed that inside of you will give you a zeal to feed on the word of a God. To feed on the white dog. To only feed on the right thing. The right attitude toward the word of God will bring every promise of a God coming into pass. God has a zeal. It's that the zeal of the Lord will perform, will fulfill all of this. He said, my, the zeal for that house is eating me up. I wonder if the Lord has put that zeal that in the bride of Jesus Christ. I trust that the Lord has put that zeal that in you. Let us stand. Let us sing a song together. There's a fountain in the house of David open. Can we sing that? Oh, there is a fountain open in the house
is a fountain in the house of David for every one of us. If our life have a defect, the easy thing to do instead of a try to run away, deal with it. It's not to tolerate, as a brother Andrew Glover has said, to deal with it. Let God deal with it. When you deal with it, you're just hide under the carpet. But when God deal with it, He take it as away from you. He will change your desire. He will completely change your nature, transform you. Though you're still going to be living in this sticky nature, you're still going to be living in this body. That's why I said, you know, for our young people, for our young girls, for our young, young boys, you cannot just try to ask in something that's a perfect and have, uh, have something that's a perfect image in you. You try to find it. No, you're never going to be there. You will be always living with this sticky nature. But you let God living inside of you. You let God, you build a house, a permanent place for God. Let God said, permanently change my nature, Lord. Completely transform me. Lord, you know my desire. I want to build a house for God. I don't want to just be pretending. I don't want to just be use my own force and to try to run here and run there. Lord, I want you to deal with me. When God deals with a person, He is to do the transforming completely change that one that is our bow our head our dear heavenly father we're so thankful lord it's not a we prepared his body but it's the zeal of the lord prepared his body and lord you prepared it in such a way even before the foundation of the world you set a seed of that inside of this body Lord, you know one is going to be born. You know what our weakness is. You know what uh, the flesh is going to bother at us. But Lord, you never take it away to see. You never take it away your election and your choosing. Lord, you're working in this flesh. Because Lord, your zeal is not on this flesh body. Your zeal is on the seed that you have laid there before the foundation of the world. It's that seed that contains your own life. Lord, when the time and the season is come, and that seed start to bring forth the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray you to be with your children. Lord, as they, we go each uh, away uh, from here to go back to each ourselves at home, I just pray, Lord, to let your presence be always a follow of them. Lord, as you deal with us, I pray, Lord, Lord, to bring the confirmation, bring the confidence that inside of their heart. Let, know that, let them know that you started, began this work, you will finish this work. Lord, we're not trying to find excuse for our own selves. But Lord, we try to, Lord, let the Holy Spirit reveal to each one what is the real us are, Lord. It's not this flesh on the out, outside, but it's the desire, the nature of Jesus Christ. How your children love you. How your children desiring for you. Lord, I know that's not their zeal. It's not their passion. But Lord, it's your zeal and a passion living inside of them. Lord, and as we believe on you, Lord, it will save ourselves and also save our home. We give you all the praise and the glory. Just bring this uh, simple message to each of the heart. 
Lord, let us have that simple faith to just believe on the word of God for every situation that are amongst us. Lord, and no matter how sometimes how difficult it looks like, but Lord, it's still the same answer. Believe on Jesus Christ. Lord, no matter how small that thing is, but still believe on Jesus Christ. When we believe you, Lord, you will bring everything come to pass. We thank you, Lord. We ask it everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this is your, your house before we go. Oh, this is your house.
to dedicate our life to Him. Let it be a house that a God can dwell. Or maybe you have your life, you maybe have your job or different things, but this is the place, this is the house that God wants to dwell. And if we dedicate ourselves to Him, and he, he will be only Him that is living in this house. And He will drive away every force that has tried to get into this house because He said, My zeal will prepare a body. And that is a His body. I just pray the Lord to bless every one of you to shake hands with each other until we meet again on a Sunday. So that will be the Easter Sunday. If we're still here and to bring your liquor fire here and we believe that God is going to meet us by the preaching of the word. God bless you. You are dismissed.